0: We uh, have our ugly Christmas sweater. We're, we're ending this series next Sunday, Christmas Day, and um, and then New Year's we're gonna have a candlelight communion service. And, and if you've ever been here for candlelight communion, I, mean, I think this is one of the most beautiful churches when all the lights are out and the candles are lit. It's it's pretty it's pretty amazing. So we're gonna New Year's Day we're gonna bring in the New Year with a candlelight communion service. Uh, All the kids will be in here. Everybody will all be in here together for service together and uh, we we even get little um, uh, What are they called glow sticks for the kids? And so uh, if you don't want your kid to have a candle (laughs) uh, That's fine. Uh, I know some kids are like I want a candle, you know And uh, so but so it's gonna be a great time around here So make plans to be a part of that New Year's Day and it's gonna be a wonderful time and uh, you know but we've looked at Over the last couple weeks, we looked at ugly thoughts. Last week, we looked at ugly words. And today, we want to look at ugly motives. (laughs) You ever have ugly motives for doing things? I remember several years ago a sprite commercial. Uh, It was about a couple of actors pretending to be basketball players. And when a director says cut, I remember one of the actors saying, What's my motivation? You ever remember that? Anybody remember that commercial? Uh, So, my question to you today is simply that what's your motivation? Did you know that ugly motives can hinder your relationships and harm your witness in the world? Did you know that? Have you ever bought a gift for someone where your motives weren't completely pure? You know what I'm talking about. Come on. Guys, kind of like you know when we go buy our wife a toaster oven for Christmas because you liked your bread toasted a certain way that only this toaster could do it. You know what I'm talking about, right? That's a selfish motive. Or wives, if you bought your husband a hedge trimmer for Christmas because you wanted him to trim the hedges because he don't do that. (laughs) That's a selfish motive. But we tend to do things sometimes not because it benefits others, but because it is our own selfish motive. It's kind of like the cranks. Anybody ever seen the movie Christmas with the Cranks? You know, when they decided to skip Christmas, take a look at this. Your. Mm-hmm. 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 No party? No. But then what do we do with something. It's any other party. None like yours. Thank you, baby. Christmas Day. It's time to travel. Well, apparently not that we should travel. I'm just to play Huh. Then why have fun? Because we don't want to, Mary. We're taking a break. One thing off, no person sees what's going on. Shame on her, right? (laughs) But there are times that we do things that sound like a good idea, but those things only benefit us and no one else. You know what I mean? Our our motives are selfish. And, you know, each of us, we make decisions in our lives based on uh, different motivations. And it's important for us to pay attention to to our motives because they can result in us blessing others or they can result in us only uh, focusing on ourselves. The mark of a Christian is someone who is motivated by love to treat others as better than themselves. Amen? And we're always tempted by our sinful nature to put ourselves first, but through the empowerment of the Spirit and the example of Jesus, we can rise above our own selfish. Motivations. You know, when you look at Jesus' teaching and his earthly ministry, he was particularly interested in people's motives and the reasons for why they did what they did. If you have your Bibles, go with me to the book of Matthew. And I'm going to go to chapter 6. And I want to read a few verses to you. I'm not going to read straight through chapter 6, but I'm going to read about four or five verses there. And Matthew chapter 6, and I'm going to begin at verse 1. I want to read the first couple of verses. Matthew's the first book of the New Testament. Matthew chapter 6, verse 1 says, Be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others to be seen by them. If you do, you will have no reward from your Father in heaven. So when you give to the needy, do not announce it with trumpets as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and on the streets to be honored by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. Go down to verse 5. Matthew chapter 6, verse 5. And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. Go to one more, verse 16. When you fast, do not somber as the hypocrites do, for they disfigure their faces to show others they are fasting. Truly I tell you, they have received their reward in full. Jesus was teaching this to a group of people. They focused too much on living out the law and looking righteous in front of others. Their passion to look spiritual was more important to them than actually having a healthy spirituality. Jesus Jesus' issue was not with the actions that the individuals were taking in and of themselves. Of course, now giving to the needy, it's a good thing, right? It's good that we give to the needy. Good that we go down and, and feed them once a month. It's good that we help out wherever we can help out. It's good that if we have opportunities to, to minister to, to things like convoy of hope, when they go out and minister, those are good things. These are all good things. And, and even praying and fasting, we're getting ready to start a 21-day fast beginning January 1st. And, and these are good things. These are things that are good. But Jesus, he was interested in the motive behind the action. He wasn't interested in the thing that they were doing. He was interested in the motive that they were using for why they were doing it. Ugly motives, they can hurt our witness in the world. And this Christmas season is so full of opportunities to serve others and to meet their needs. And some people see these opportunities as a way to receive praise for their generosity. Think about it. We go up to Walmart, and the little guy's out there ringing his bell. And we go and we take our money. Everybody see what I'm doing here? I am going to give my two cents to Salvation Army. Clink! Did y'all hear that? It hit the pot. Now I know we don't act like that. I know that we don't do that. But we want to be seen, right? Or how about when we go to the shelters and we go to help and we say, hey, guess what I did today? I went down and I fed the homeless. Yes, I did. It was glorious. I dipped that soup better than anybody else could. I served that turkey better than anybody else could. I provided the plates that looked just so great and so wonderful. Now, I know that we don't act like this, but you can just imagine. I'm a little bit over dramatic here, but I hope you get the point. That this is what they were doing. This is what and Jesus says that these folks have received their reward in full. They have received their earthly reward, and, and they get the applause and recognition they desired from others, but that is the end. It seems there is a greater reward that we can receive by our willingness to serve others without needing all the recognition. Rather than just getting applause, someone who serves in humility, they develop a character that is worth far more than the praise of people. Doing the right thing for the wrong reason can cost us our ability to grow into the person that God wants for us to be. Why are we doing the things that we do? What's our motivation? What is your motivation for the things that you do? Why are you doing those things? Look at how Jesus came to earth. Luke chapter 2, it's the third book of the New Testament. Luke chapter 2, verse 1, it says, In those days Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria. And everyone went to their own town to register, so Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, Man, if anybody ever deserved praise, Jesus deserved praise for his actions. Jesus was God that became flesh. He humbled himself by becoming human form. He didn't have a parade. There was no pomps and circumstance. He wasn't born in a castle. He was placed in a feed trough, a manger with those stinky farm animals. (laughs) There's no greater example of love than what we celebrate each year at Christmas. This is an example of the love that was shown to us. And because of this love is why we can extend our love to others. Jesus is our true motive. Amen? Jesus is our true motive. That should be why we do the things that we do. Why are we serving food to the homeless? Because Jesus. Why do we give to those little red kettles when we walk by? Because of Jesus, why do we give in the offering plates at church? It's because of Jesus. Why do we serve either in our kids ministries, or we serve in the nursery, or we serve uh, as a greeter, or as a uh, usher, or as a, a musician or singer or sound person or any other job that is at the church serving the kitchen? Why do we serve? It's because. of of Jesus, that is why we serve. Jesus should be the motive, the motivation that we do everything. There's a story of motivation from the likes of college football. You may know, like college football. I do. <laughs> I enjoy watching it. Notre Dame football star George Gipp. You may know, ever heard of him. He could do it all, man. He could run. He could pass. He could punt with unparalleled skill. The 1920 season established Gipp as a football star, but on December 14th of 1920, young George Gipp died of pneumonia. But thanks to college football stories and a movie in which former President Ronald Reagan portrayed Gipp, the story of George Gipp lived on. And on November 10th, 1928, Notre Dame and Army were tied at halftime in a struggle for victory. Notre Dame coach Newt Rockne, himself a legend, told of being at the dying Gipp's bedside a few years before. Rockne recalled how Gip Feebly said, sometimes, Rock, when the team is up against it, when things are going wrong and the brakes are beating the boys, tell them to go in there with all they've got and win just one for the Gipper. And they did. The Notre Dame football team was motivated to honor the Gip. It was. It inspired them to fight and to win. And as Christians, our motivation for living a life of loving service and a life focused on others is the life death and resurrection of Jesus Christ his sacrifice motivates us to sacrifice for others as well Jesus is our motivation amen it's like Paul he states this in Colossians 3:23 whatever you do notice that word there whatever let's look at it Whatever. What does that mean? Whatever. What does that word mean? Whatever. It means exactly what it means. Whatever. In other words, it doesn't matter whatever you do. Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart. Now, a lot of us think, well, I I can work at stuff with all my heart. I can give everything I got. But he goes a step further. Look at this. As working for the Lord, not for human masters whatever you do work at it with all your heart as working for the lord can i tell you that that don't just stop at church it's that that even means at home with our families that means on our job sites can i tell you that the christian should be the best employee at the job If you call yourself a Christian at work and they know that you're a Christian, you better not be the person that calls in late all the time. Oh, listen to me. If you call yourself a Christian and they know that you're a Christian at work, you better not be the one causing all the trouble at work. If you call yourself a Christian and they know you're a Christian, then you need to do everything that you can to love your kids and to love your husband and you love your wife and to love all your family members and to be the best that you can be. And you need to do whatever you can as working for the Lord, not for human masters. You are in front of an audience of one. You're not in front of anybody else. We are there to do it for Him. That's why we do what we do. We do it for Him. We are in this for an audience of one. We're not here to honor our peers with what we are doing. We are here to honor our Lord and Savior Jesus. And it's our motive and our reward for doing the right thing. No more ugly motives. Amen? This Christmas... We need to allow Jesus to guide our words, to guide our actions and no matter how tempted we are to be self-serving we need to make sure that he is guiding our motives. I think every one of us likes a good competition. I know I do. I am. I'm a competitive person. I'd be lying if I told you I wasn't. I've learned to control it as I've gotten older (laughs) and to not be as competitive. I remember when I was a kid, man, I'd get I can't believe we lost this, blah, 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 you know. I would learn that as I would get older that it's just a game, you know. It's not the most important thing in life. And some of us more so than others probably, and I believe that one of the reasons that we find ourselves fighting against ugly motives is because many times we find ourselves in a competition for attention and accolades, right? Rivalry... Is a mentality of the world and has no place in the heart of a Christian. And yet it can still be a core motivation. I like what Paul says about this in Philippians. Philippians chapter 2, verse 3 he says, Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves. Rivalry and competition, it must have been a thing in Paul's day, I believe. I mean, he wouldn't have said this, I don't think. Paul knew that the desire to one-up and to be first would be the undoing of all Jesus came to build and establish. And I believe that same thing is true for us today. Don't let this unravel us. We're not in a competition with one another. We're not in a competition with the other churches. Instead, we ought to cheer one another on and push each other forward out of love. Amen? We should be cheering each other on. Man, y'all had how many saved in your in your serpent? Man, that is awesome. That's You had how many baptized in your serpent? Oh, man, that's fantastic. You know, how many people were filled with the baptism? Man, that's fantastic. Instead of... Sitting there saying, well, man, I wish our church would see more of this. Or I wish our church would see more of that. Our motivation should be out of love. God, I I want to do everything that I can for you. I want to do everything that I can to honor you. When we are motivated to honor Jesus first and honor those around me second, that's the only way we all win. We cannot honor Jesus when our motives are focused on ourselves. So for this week, I'm going to challenge you. How many likes a good challenge? We talked about competition. Last week, I told you to send a text or, or to, uh, to write a letter or to send a card or do something, something just encouraging someone that it was something different. If you didn't get a chance to hear last week's message, go back and listen to it. But this week, we're going to do something different. I want to challenge you to do something in secret. Can anybody keep a secret? Come on. Can we keep secrets? Are we good at keeping secrets? You get to be a secret person this this week. I want you to do something in secret. I don't want you to tell a soul about what you're going to do. This week, you get to be a secret servant agent. How's that sound? Some James Bond stuff. No, I'm just kidding. But I want you to choose one person to do something kind for them as a way of honoring Jesus and honoring them. And I don't want you to tell a single soul that it's you. Do you hear me? Here's the key. It needs to be done anonymously. Whatever way you choose to bless them, do not let them know it was you. You say, well, that might be tough. It might be. It might be hard to figure out how you're going to tell them or do something for them, but I want you to do it this week. I want you to be secretive. It could be something as simple as just buying a $5 gift card to somewhere and putting it in the mail with no return address and just sending it to that person. If you need addresses, you let me know. I bet I got it. If not, we can figure it out. (laughs) I want you to do something. They may be just dropping it off at their door. Just make sure they don't have a ring doorbell, right? (laughs) Or they'll catch your picture on, I know who you are. What are you doing at my front door? It may be, I don't know what it may be. I don't, I don't know what it's going to be. It could be that you're just in the line at, say, Whataburger or McDonald's or one of those other fast food restaurants. and You could be in line and say, hey, I want to pay for the guy behind me. You have no clue who they are. I, I don't know what it's going to be. I have no idea. All I know is that God is going to put the person on your heart and on your mind for you to bless them. And you're going to be able to bless their socks off. Allow your motivation for service to be Jesus rather than recognition. And this could be you sending someone an anonymous letter of encouragement. Whatever it may be. Maybe a little gift. But as you're doing it, remember the words of Jesus, Acts 20 verse 35 and everything I did, I showed you that by this kind of hard work we must help the weak, remembering the words of the Lord Jesus himself said it is more blessed to give than to receive. Can I say this and I just I want to take a moment. It's time for the church to step up and be better. Can I just, I, I make mistakes. But it's time for the church to step up and be better. We can no longer do things for selfish reasons. We're not in this place to please an audience of many. We are only in this place to please an audience of one. Amen? And that one person is Jesus. The past is the past, and now we have to get better. And so I, I, I want you to take time this week, and I want to challenge you. Your selfish motivations with a selfless act for others. You say, "Well, I'm not a selfish. I I don't. You don't have to be a selfish person to have selfish motives. Sometimes. How many just get tired of doing for everybody all the time? I mean, let's be honest. Sometimes you want to do something for yourself. I made a decision this coming up year. I'm going to tell you this story real quick, and I'm not telling you this to get me any praise or anything at all. So I went, to, I went to school 30 years ago, I went to tech, and I got several credits, and I decided this year, I told Kelly, I said, you know, I don't ever do anything for myself, this was a selfish thing, but I got permission from her, I said, is it okay if I go back to school? She said, sure. I said, I think I can get my associate's degree pretty quick, I said, I've got enough credits that I think all I need is a few more, come to find out, I can do it in one semester, so I I am going back to school, 30 years in the making here. Uh, so I say this for a couple of things. Number one, pray for your pastor because this is something that he hasn't done, and pray for Kelly. She's going to need some uh, encouragement during this time. But uh, and so that was a that was a selfish motivation, but yet it's going to better me. And I know sometimes we have those things that we want to do that is selfish, but this Christmas. I want us to think our reward is becoming more like the person that God designed us to be, right? That's what we want. We want to be who God has called us to be, who God has asked us to be. And so what I'm asking you to do is I want you to pray, and I want you to ask God, who is it that I'm to minister to this week? Who is it that I am to gift or do something anonymously, not for me, but for them? And they don't have to be paying somebody. Like I said, it could be a note of encouragement that you drop in the mailbox and send to somebody and they never know it's you. Whatever it is, whatever you're supposed to do, listen to the words of, listen to God, what he's saying to you and do it. Can we pray? God, I just thank you for everybody that's here. And I pray and I ask that you would just touch the hearts and lives of everyone here, God. God, you've you've moved in this place in a mighty way today, God. I have felt your presence in here in, in just a mighty way. God, I pray for every person here in every section of this place. God, I pray that you would just touch their hearts, move in their lives, do a work in them, God. God, I pray that we put aside any selfish motivations that we may have, God, and we put you first and you foremost, and you in front of our lives, God, oh, above and uh, beyond anything else that we could do, God, that you are number one, and we make you number one, and we place you number one by following and listening to your leading, God, as we go this week, and we are challenged to do something far and greater than above our than, than ourselves. And, God, we give you praise, and we give you glory. And, God, we just, we, we, we just worship you, Lord. Lord, we honor you today. Can we just take a moment right, right, right now, just right where you're at, just with your eyes closed, and I want you just to ask the Lord, God, who is it? Who is it that I can minister to this week? God, who is it I can minister to this week? God, I want to honor you. God, I want to honor you, God. And God, not only who is it, God, but what is it you want me to do? God, is it in a letter of encouragement, God? Is its it? Is it is it a, maybe a gift card or a gift? or It could be a large gift. Whatever it is. You're, you're listening to the voice of God. He's speaking to you. And then now I'm encouraging you to go and do what He's telling you to do. Just receive what He's speaking to you right now. God, we, we honor You today. Father, we honor You today. We give You praise. We give You glory. Lord, I want more of You. Hallelujah, Lord Jesus. Lord, we praise you today, God. Lord, we're listening to you. Hallelujah, Lord God. Praise you, Lord Jesus. Lord, I worship you, Lord Jesus. Lord, I praise you, Lord, I praise you, Lord, I praise you, Lord. Hallelujah. Lord, Lord let it, my motivations be for you. Lord. Oh God, I praise you, Jesus, Lord. Hallelujah, Lord, we praise you. Oh, we praise you. Lord, oh, we honor you today, God. We give you praise, Lord. Hallelujah, Lord. Oh, we praise you, Jesus. Oh, we praise you, Lord. Oh, we praise you. Oh, we praise you, Lord. Jesus. Hallelujah, Lord. Lord, I praise you, Lord. Jesus. God, I praise you, Lord. Jesus. God, I honor you. Hallelujah. You, Jesus. Lord, I magnify your name today. God, I give you praise and glory on Hallelujah. Lord. We praise you, Lord. We praise you. Lord. We, praise you. Lord, we worship you, We praise you, Jesus. Lord Jesus, we praise you. Lord. Hallelujah. Lord. Hallelujah. While you're in this atmosphere right now, I want to do something. I know this is a little different. I want to ask uh, David Lawson if he'd come. I had asked him to come during the announcements, but I think this is a good time. We've been talking about this, and so I want him to come, and he's going to let you know what we're doing uh, Friday. And so I want you to receive this with an open heart. I think I turned it on, I think. Good morning, church. Uh, Pastor Greg asked me to get up here and just speak a little bit about our uh, the meal we're going to be feeding Friday at Hope Campus. Um, we're gonna do turkey, dressing, green beans, corn, bread, and dessert. Um, we have everything we need besides dessert. Um, so if you want to make a dessert or buy a dessert or um, just provide a dessert, we'll be here Friday cooking turkeys. You can either bring them here to the church all day Friday or um, at Hope Campus at four o'clock, four to four thirty. Um, but we get blessed going down there. We uh, Go down there and feed about 120 people. I kind of feel set up that he's preached this message about talking about what we do, and then I get up here and talk about what we do. <laughs> but uh, anyways, if you want to help, be here at 4 o'clock or down there by about 4.30, um, and we can use some desserts. So, God bless you guys. I felt like it, it's, it's good to do something good. That's make it a lot that makes sense. It's good to do something good. I like doing good. And so I want you to know that we don't we don't do any we don't do this to get it's kind of a, a good story um, that happened, well, I think it was this week. And uh, we had a bunch of cereal that we had and um we were like, man, what are we gonna do with all this cereal? Because it was it was out of date and we didn't know it's still edible. It was just we wanted to give it to somebody so they could use it before it got to where it wasn't edible, you know. And so uh, he called them, and 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 they were like, we were just having a conversation about the fact that we needed cereal. And and not that neat how God works? And, and so that's that's part of when you're listening to the voice of God, and you're listening to what God's speaking to you, and He's telling you. Sometimes you may think, you may hear something feel like you're supposed to do something, you just ah oh, man, I don't I don't that's God. And you just kinda of push it away and do you know what I'm talking about? Anybody else been there? Can I tell you sometimes just just do what you feel God is speaking to. Do it immediately. Don't wait. Because you might talk yourself out of what you were supposed to have done. And then what happens is two people get robbed of a blessing. The person that you were going to bless and you for the, being the person to bless them. So, when you are talking and you're praying and you're asking and you're saying, "God, who am I supposed to minister to?" And he speaks to you, and he feels like even though you may think, "Well, that sounds weird, God do it if 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 it ends up being weird, who cares what 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 have you hurt right But the fact is that you listened to God and you you believed it was God speaking to you, and you do it. I believe that what God's going to do, because you were obedient to what He told you to do, I believe that He's going to use you, bless you, and also use you to continue to do more. And I don't know about you, but I want to be used by God in any way that I can. Amen? Amen. So I just want to encourage you to help us be a part of that. About 120. Oh yeah, yeah. We, we and and even if we had more than enough to feed the 120, they come back for seconds as well. So, I want to uh, I want to um, close this morning I'm, by reminding you of service next um, next Sunday. I know it's Christmas. But if you don't have any plans immediately, swing by here, have church with us, and then go to your plans. Uh, We will be here at 1030. We are going to uh, sing songs, and and we're going to have a sermon just like we would do. We're going to have kids' church. Kids' church will be available. And so, uh, uh, but anyway, so, perfect.